Welcome to Konrad's Journey Through the Middle East, a podcast by the Konrad Adenauer Foundation's Syria Iraq office from Beirut, featuring discussions and analysis on contemporary political, social, and economic issues in the MENA region. My name is David Abude, and I'm research fellow at the Syria Iraq office. Today, we'll talk about the coronavirus pandemic and how it affects the Middle East, especially its impact on the refugee community. While the virus has spread widely, affecting the entire region, we see countries struggling to contain the pandemic, most of them on total lockdown. The economic repercussions are still hard to estimate, but it is easy to expect that it is going to have an enormous effect on the Middle East, especially on the most vulnerable. To better understand the impacts on the refugee community, I'm joined today by Andreas Kirchhoff, spokesperson of the UNHCR, the United Nations Refugee Agency's MENA office located in Amman, Jordan. Welcome to the podcast. Could you tell us where UNHCR operates in Syria and across the Middle East to support refugees? The Middle East has really, um, for UNHCR as the UN Refugee Agency, has gained enormous importance over the past years uh, because of, of the, the sad and tragic events in the region, because displacement has has really skyrocketed with the Iraq crisis, then with the Syria crisis. UNHCR is present um, in all the main asylum countries today uh, for uh, Syrian refugees. So Turkey, Lebanon, Iraq, Jordan, Egypt have all taken in, in, in a very generous manner, uh, many Syrian refugees. And um, we also have um, a number of field locations and we work with uh, then uh, governmental and non-governmental organizations, including at grassroots level. Inside Syria, um, we are taking care of, um, together with the authorities of, of refugees, mostly Iraqis, but also um, to a certain degree uh, of internally displaced persons and uh, retinees where we have uh, specific responsibilities. About how many refugees are we talking approximately? So the Syria crisis, which has just entered into its 10th year in March 2020, the Syria crisis is still the world's biggest refugee crisis, and it's primarily a regional refugee crisis. So in the region, we have almost 5.6 million Syrian refugees. Um, we are all aware that also industrialized countries further from Syria have taken in many refugees, but the vast majority of Syrian refugees are hosted in the region. And then there are people who fled inside Syria, internally displaced persons. Their number is um, estimated at over 6 million um, persons. There is a return movement within Syria, but there has also been uh, new displacement, notably in in the Idlib uh, region towards um, the, the Turkish border. What also is important is that most refugees, most of these refugees are not hosted in camps. So for instance, in Lebanon, where uh, we do not have any organized camps at all, only informal settlements here and there, um, these refugees are in 2,000 locations, over 2,000 locations throughout the country. So it is very um, difficult to track and to monitor the situations. 
many of the refugees also live in, in overcrowded and, and poor urban areas. Your office is in Amman. Therefore, could you briefly explain to us the scope of UNHCR's work inside Syria and in camps for Syrian refugees in Jordan, for instance? UNHCR's core mandate is to ensure the international protection of refugees and to work very closely with governments in doing that. The primary responsibility is with governments, um, of course, and protection and secondly, finding durable solutions. Now, what does that entail for, for um, Syrian refugees um, throughout the region? It means helping refugees to have access to their rights. That often starts with information, but goes well beyond that. And uh, also organizing a range of assistant, assistance measures. So um, it means water and sanitation, health, um, helping refugees to have access to livelihoods, um, cash distributions. And um, since many of the refugees are integrated in local communities, it often we often try to um, support refugees and the most vulnerable members of the host communities because they are the first responders, the host communities. Uh, UNHCR also coordinates the international response to uh, Syrian refugees in the region, and um, this involves uh, many partners, UN partners, non-governmental partners, government partners, and we have achieved some very positive results. So um, over one million children, Syrian refugees, children in the region have access to education. Over two million persons have received food assistance, um, for instance, from the World Food Program. So this is a joint effort together with many partners. Inside Syria, there are also refugees. Most of them are Iraqis. We um, provide also various kinds of support to them. And then with regards to the internally displaced persons, there is a sort of, of division of labor between UN agencies um, UNHCR is um, providing shelter, uh, helping with camp coordination and camp management and, and um, coordinating the sector and protection. Um, and then other UN agencies have also their responsibilities inside Syria for the displaced. For instance, World Health Organization, WHO, um, is in charge of improving the health response for the displaced and is also working with the authorities for um, the, the overall corona response. How can I imagine the UNHCR's effort in Syria? How does the support look like? Do you operate freely? I mean, are you able to provide the medical equipment and services needed? Or do restrictions prevent UNHCR from supplying aid inside Syria at the moment? All the um, measures need to be very closely coordinated with um, the authorities. But um, even um, over the past weeks um, during the corona crisis, together with partners, we have managed to deliver um, life-saving support. And uh, one of the focus areas for us is shelter, uh, which is, one may argue, is not directly linked to um, the corona response, but also has a very very big importance with regards to this response. Um, there are um, over 100 collective shelters 
throughout Syria with persons affected by displacement, with over 100,000 people in camps and informal settlements. And we are trying to improve the shelter conditions of all um, these people, which means that um, not only their overall living conditions, but also the risk of infection diminishes significantly. Uh, apart from that, uh, within Syria, we work uh, with um, uh, volunteers, outreach volunteers, who are normally, for instance, informing people about um, their access to their rights, recovering property, for instance, for those who have been displaced. But um, they are also very useful um, within the corona response because they have helped to inform people about measures, hygiene measures, prevention measures. Apart from that, um, UNHCR is supporting 14 uh, primary health centers in the country. But as I said, the main support to the health system in Syria is um, through the WHO, the World Health Organization, with whom we work very closely together. Does the pandemic raise any specific problems for refugees which require a specific response? Now, what we cannot stress enough is that the coronavirus is, is a virus that affects everyone. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't know borders. So um, we have seen that um, in the media that some of the most uh, concerned countries are industrialized countries. And um, we have very little reports about uh, so far, luckily, about refugees and displaced persons concerned. But that being said, obviously, um, there is a certain risk to um, to displaced people because often these crises are used by certain political forces to discriminate against minorities and to find scapegoats. And this is something we need also in the, in the interest of the overall response to the virus, something we need to avoid. Also, um, a second factor is that um, we have seen borders increasingly uh, managed and closed in the response. And we need to make sure that um, access to asylum for those who need protection is still maintained and that there are no, no specific restrictions against refugees which are not justified um, by, by overall public health concerns. How is the situation in the refugee camps? Do you know of any cases? Do you believe there is any cases? And if yes, how many? And if not, is that due to a lack of test kits or were people in the camps simply lucky so far? We have throughout the region so far no reports of refugees and displaced persons affected. Now, of course, this is a rapidly evolving situation. And um, as, as you said, there may be insufficient testing. Test kits are rare. So we simply do not know if there are also refugees, asylum seekers, internally displaced persons who are concerned. I think it is very likely that they will be at least concerned in the longer run. But we have no, no reports of outbreaks, including within Syria, the cases reported so far seem to concern mostly people who have not been, or exclusively people who are not been, have not been affected by displacement. We had a, in um, Zatari refugee camp, the biggest refugee camp in Jordan, we had a few days ago, a series of tests conducted by the health authorities who are also conducting the same tests 
uh, with outside the camps with the with the overall population so it's just a number of samples and we did not have any and luckily not any indications of of infections that being said we have worked in all the asylum countries very closely with the authorities to establish protocols to ensure that refugees are integrated in the overall response and to define measures to be taken if there would be coronavirus infections concerning uh, persons of concern to UNHCR. What is your estimate if corona would reach the camps? Luckily, that's not the case up to date. How would this scenario look like and how could it be dealt with? Now, in, in the refugee camps, in all the refugee camps in the regions, which just host overall a minority of, of the Syrian refugees in the region, UNHCR has established with the authorities outbreak preparedness and response plans. These are in line with national plans and according to the scenarios then the situation would be managed. So, for instance, if there would be a few mild cases, it would be self-isolation. There have been hygiene measures to ensure that in these cases they are properly dealt with. Overall, one must say that the refugee community has been informed through a, a wide range of, of measures supported by UNHCR, including SMS, including online, but also including uh, more traditional methods of, of information, community-based mechanisms, and that refugees, as far as we observe, follow quite well so far the procedures for prevention. You mentioned the all-over response and your close cooperation with local authorities. How, for instance, does the Jordanian government handle the crisis so far? Are Syrian refugees prohibited from leaving the camps? I've heard that the Jordanian government imposed a lockdown on the camps on March 21st. And has the perception of Syrian refugees in Jordan changed since the beginning of the corona crisis? And lastly, do you face any difficulties by the authorities, for example? Overall, the situation in, in Jordan is very well managed by the authorities. There is a strict lockdown which also concerns the all the citizens of, of the country since march and um, the refugee camps have been the two big refugee camps have been closed for unless for essential um, for instance humanitarian aid workers entering this situation we also have put in place a number of of measures to ensure that refugee kids can continue their education and so on I think it's understood and it's 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 necessary to restrict movements. What we notice though is and this is not only in in Jordan but also in other countries that uh, we get increasing messages from desperate refugees including those living in in the cities not in camps who are extremely worried about their income they many are for instance let's say they're small laborers, they rely on, on day-to-day -day jobs, and their source of income has gone. So there are, is the issue of um, how do I feed my family the next day? And this, and not so much the, the health consequences, is what we hear as, as a first point of concern from many refugees and displaced persons. And this points to a big problem because in the long term, we may see a very grave economic effect of, of the measures, which concern not only the refugees, but also the, the poorer part of, of the population, 
who will have difficulties to, to sustain their livelihoods. And this, in the long term, points to a need for, for continued support also in the humanitarian and development fields. You've mentioned the support refugees are in need of. Times of crisis tend to fuel the pernicious each-for-himself trend. Is UNHCR facing any difficulties to obtain, for instance, medical equipment or sanitizers or food due to the global COVID-19 pandemic? Or are donors, on the contrary, especially generous these days, perhaps out of empathy or fear that the virus could resurface, for instance, in Europe or the neighboring countries in a few months from now, if they would not provide assistance to other regions and refugees now? Now, what, what we have stressed and what cannot be repeated often enough is that this must be a time of international solidarity and not of egoism and, and going alone, because um, the crisis will only be managed on at an international level and it will be only managed if all of the countries have an inclusive approach if they include um, refugees and displaced persons in their health response and we have very strongly advocated that with governments who in the region in the middle east i must say are overall very receptive to that message uh, the un has issued a an appeal um, of $2 billion for the coronavirus response. And a um, limited part of that is to uh, support also UNHCR's activities with regards to informing communities, improving health systems for refugees, but also for those communities. But we need to see beyond the, the medical response in the long term, We need to also to look at the socioeconomic consequences this will have. So we need to, to ensure that humanitarian support remains at a sufficient level. So far, as you ask about, about the donor response, it has been positive to the uh, coronavirus response plan for uh, UNHCR and other UN agencies. But we need also to ensure that over a longer period, there will be sufficient support. And since Konrad Adenauer Stiftung is a German foundation, it needs to be highlighted here that Germany over the past years has played an extremely important role um, in uh, not only policy discussions on the international refugee response, but also in supporting UNHCR and other humanitarian organizations to tackle refugee issues and to find solutions to refugee problems. I think Germany is the third largest donor to UNHCR at the moment after the European Union and the United States. Talking about the donors, do you have any main message to governments and donors in this situation? It can be summarized in one key word, and that is inclusion. We have appealed from the outset to, to countries to ensure that refugees are always, always included in health and other programs. Because we cannot, we cannot fight and win against the pandemic by leaving people out. Everybody needs to have health access. And we also need to make sure that refugees, for instance, they often have issues of documentation. Maybe a, a paper is not valid anymore because they couldn't, due to the lockdown, uh, renew it. We need to make sure that people are not penalized because they approach health authorities if they have insufficient documentation. 
And I believe that also this message has, has been understood by, by governments. We should also make sure that public health measures not only include refugees, but are also not used to discriminate against refugees. They should just be treated as other parts of the population and following overall health concerns and approaches and not, not, it should not be used to just to um, single them out. In some European, but as well in several Asian countries, restrictions are being lifted at the moment. What do you believe? How will the corona pandemic develop within the refugee community across the Middle East in the coming weeks and months? It is very hard to imagine a situation where it remains as, as it is currently. The, the status quo is that we are not aware of of any cases concerning refugees and displaced persons. And so we really need to prepare for, as, as the case numbers rise in the region, for these groups also being affected. And we should approach that with, with solidarity and with ensuring that everybody gets the same response and the same treatment. I'm afraid we have to leave things here for today since we have reached the end of our podcast, but we will be continuing watching the situation closely. Thanks to our guest Andreas Kirchhoff for being with us and thanks to our audience for listening in today. We will see you again next week and discuss the situation in Iraq. Stay tuned on the topics and please follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Cast Syria Iraq. Mm-hmm.